It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? MFFSOSS.com. At MFFSOSS. Twitter and Twitter. TV I know I said I was going to do a Cowboy Giants stream. I, I wasn't feeling good on Sunday. I had an allergy attack, so I was a little banged up, um, sneezing, and I was like, that's not going to be a good stream, so let's just not do that. So that's why I didn't do a stream on Sunday night. But, hey, I mean, it would have been an interesting half at least, right? Maybe if we had. No, I wasn't, I wasn't streaming that one. I wasn't feeling good. So, uh, But we did have NFL Week 1, so we will do NFL Week 1 overreactions, NFL 1. Uh, week one recap, college football week two recap, and more on the show. Pretty good week for Sarah Pulak. Pretty good week for pick six, so we'll recap that as well. Maybe a little U.S. Open talk about the, the finals. Uh, but first, recording this on Monday, uh, September 11th. So, of course, never forget um, that horrendous acts by the terrorists on those days. And um, always remember the lives of the heroes and the innocent lost on that day. Um, very, very solemn day. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there listening to this that weren't alive during that time. I mean, I was very young. So um, every year it's it's different. But, you know, you see those two numbers. And like as I'm looking at it on the rundown, I put 9-11. And then that's just like I saw that for so long. And still see it obviously, and those numbers together, you know, with that slash always signify that day. Um, so just take a moment out of your day. Hopefully, you did it yesterday, where either you watched some of the reading of the names um, at the at the World Trade Center, or you know, you watched a video, or you heard somebody speak, or you read a blog or something. Largest blog on Barstool is always great uh, if you're looking for something like that, but. You know, always, you know, always remembering, never forget. So if there's anyone that, you know, is listening to this that was affected directly, um, my condolences and, uh, yeah, we're thinking about you. We're thinking about you, that's for sure. So had to always say that at the top of the show. Um, Very, very important to this area, you know, as you know. If you don't know, I'm from Jersey, so my family didn't have anyone directly affected, I'm pretty sure, but, you know, I knew people. So, it's tough. Very tough. And the reading of the names is always really nice, I think. That's that's really solemn. I think it's a really good job. So, um, we have that. And then on a completely different note, um, a note of, like, Look at this thing that's really, really cool in the world of, like, YouTube. The Simon did a charity match. If you're not familiar with the Simon, they're in an English YouTube group. They have, like, seven content creators. They were streamers. They uh, do videos, all that kind of stuff. So they're YouTubers. But this is, I think, their fourth or fifth year they've done this charity football match, this charity soccer match uh, against the YouTube All-Stars, who this year was the goalkeeper was XQC, who's one of my favorite streamers, if you don't know. They raised three point or two point four million pounds, which converts to like three million dollars, 
for some different charities on a YouTube stream, and they had like 2.5 concurrent viewers at one point. It's insane. That's really really cool. Um, so that's some of the good in the world. So check that out if you're if you're interested in that at all. If you're looking for a new group to watch some content, they're pretty good. So just those two notes ahead of the kickoff tonight. Uh, never forget 9/11, and then shout out to Sidemen because that was really interesting, entertaining, uh, entertainment on a Saturday morning. So that was really cool. Shout out to XUC guy. Guy barely left his house for like years, and then played in front of 60,000 people a sport that he picked up two weeks ago. I mean, that's pretty cool, man. 60,000 in person and 2.5 million <laughs> watching. That was pretty cool, man, in my opinion. So shout out. That. that was really, really cool. So we'll do NFL Week 1 overreactions on the kickoff, NFL Week 1 recap, college football Week 2 recap, little tennis, then survivor pool locks, and pick six at the end of the program. All right, kick it off, and we're going to go – I'm seeing some takes. I'm seeing some overreactions. So we'll go and, and dissect some of them and analyze some of them. So we start with the AFC East. Miami, impressive. That's not an overreaction. Now, I understand people being up in arms about their defense, but they played one of the most explosive offenses, and when they needed a stop, they got it to end the game. So Miami being impressive, that is um, not an overreaction to me. I think that's a very, very talented football team. Now, the Bills... A horrendous offensive showing at MetLife on Monday night. I think it could be an overreaction if everybody's freaking out about the Bills because they have struggled against this Jets defense, especially at MetLife, if I'm not mistaken. So, Allen, a bunch of turnovers. They don't play well. I mean, they do. They're pretty fortunate to tie the game with how they did it. But um, to lose that game with the Jets losing Rodgers so early in the game to turn into Zach Wilson... That's that's not great from the Bills. I thought their defense was very good, and Josh Allen was not. And that's you're not gonna if you're gonna have Super Bowl aspirations, you need a quarterback to play well and not turn the ball over four times. That's for sure. So I would say Bills not necessarily an overreaction, but because they have struggled against the Jets, but that was not a good first week. That's for sure. Now the Jets. The Rodgers injury status, you know, that leaves a big question mark because Zach Wilson, I don't think, is ready to take a team with big expectations and try to get them to, you know, a deep playoff run. I don't think that's fair yet to expect of Zach Wilson, especially because this isn't his team. You know, it's not his team. It is Aaron Rodgers' team. They brought in Aaron Rodgers to win a Super Bowl. And now with him being banged up, I, I don't think the Super Bowl expectations just shift to Zach Wilson. I don't think that's necessarily fair. So, you know, I did have this as, hey, this is there's three really good teams in this division, and the Patriots are a question mark with Rodgers. But now, I'm not sure, but it's, it's a great Jets win nevertheless. Now, the Bengals, a lot of people saying they're in trouble. That's an overreaction for me. They are historic slow starters under Zach Taylor. Um, Burrow was banged up in the offseason, limited reps, barely played in the preseason. He didn't play in the preseason, I should say. So, not great weather, not a ton of preseason action, coming off an injury, slow starters. I'll, I'll give the Bengals the benefit of the doubt. Now, the Ravens, who you know have been fast starters when you look at their records, not impressive against Houston, um, and that's not an overreaction. I That team... If they play a better football team on Sunday in Baltimore, they lose that game. Lamar was not good. Um, 
State Flowers was pretty good, but Lamar wasn't great. Defensively, they made some plays, but they were open for the taking on, on Sunday, that's for sure. Chiefs need a number one wide receiver. That could be true. That might not be an overreaction. Because I understand Kelsey is basically a number one receiver, but there are so many names in Kansas City that could step up and be that guy. But you're not sure who's it going to be. And also the fact that Tony played, he had a horrendous game. That was a horrendous game. That was that was horrible. It was a horrible football game. So the Chiefs needing a number one receiver, that could be true. I could see that um, maybe playing out on the on the train market, if it's possible. So I know it's very early, but he got Mahomes got let down on Thursday night by his by his receiving core. Straight up. Um so that's kind of the AFC picture with some of the teams you're talking about there. Go to the NFC. Niners, Eagles, Cowboys, class of the NFC. That's true. Cowboys, very impressive. Niners, very impressive. Eagles, not so much, but you go on the road. Um, you took control of the game. Pats got back into it, and then you found a way to win the game and, and, and get that win. So not impressive, but you still get the win. But the Niners, the Eagles, the Cowboys are the class of the NFC. One of those three teams will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I think it's, I think it's very obvious because Packers. That's it's too early. Even though they're successful, I'm going to get to them in a second. Lions, I'm not sure about. NFC South's wide open, but I don't see a Super Bowl team coming from that division. It's really three: Niners, Eagles, Cowboys. Now to get to that NFC North. We could be in a Lions-Packers race here because the Bears, oh, my God. Talk about a team that read press clippings about winning three games and then thought they were going to be, you know, the next big thing, right? Lions showed me something going to KC. You got to give them credit. And the Packers, if they can just roll into the next guy in Jordan Love, well, they have a talented team, and I think LaFleur is a very good coach. So Lions-Packers, that could be the NFC North race. That could be true because the Vikings stink. I told you that. Um, and then you got the NFC South wide open. You, you were going to have one team with the loss because Carolina was playing Atlanta. Atlanta gets the win. But Atlanta wins. New Orleans wins. Tampa wins. Um, so three wins for the NFC South. And, you know, the Rams, I told you, be, be, the Rams are an interesting team. The Rams are an interesting team. So just keep an eye on them. Now I understand. I, I just said the whole thing about the Niners, Cowboys, Eagles. That's that will be true. But you know, not that doesn't mean the Lions, Packers, Rams can make it a little interesting. Okay? So, you know, I'm seeing some overreactions. I'm seeing some people, you know, talk about this, that, Bills overrated, Chiefs overrated, um, Bengals overrated. Those are the three best teams in the AFC. So let's just slow down a little bit. Just because all three of them lost, let's just slow down a little bit. Um, and then the second tier in the AFC, you got Dolphins, you got Jets, you got Ravens, you got Chargers, but who's going to emerge to challenge those other three top teams? So there's six top teams, three in each league, in my opinion. Um, and the three in the NFC won, and the three in the AFC lost. So I can understand those AFC teams being a little pissed. I can understand those NFC teams, you know, maybe reading a couple press clippings week one. But 
As for the overreactions, you know, especially if your team lost, give it, you know, if it was week one. Your team played hard. If you don't, if your team with expectations and your team played hard and you lost on the road, hey, that happens in this league. You know, but if you're a team with no expectations, listen, it's week one. Don't do this to yourself. <laughs> okay, if you're a Texan fan, if you're a Cardinal fan, you know, hey, root for a couple players, a couple young guys, make a couple plays for you every game. That's really what you're rooting for this year. Um, and maybe if you're in Arizona, you root for 0-16, so you fire the coach because that guy's a loser. All right, let's get into the games. Let's react to week one. We got started with the champs, Kansas City, hosting the Detroit Lions, and the Chiefs end up losing this one on Thursday night. Lions are at 21-20. Um, Lions had a fake punt inside their own 15. Drive ends up leading to a touchdown. Goff to St. Brown. Lions up 7-0. Chiefs answer. Mahomes had a big scramble. That set up St. Mahomes to... Rice touchdown, game tied at 7. Lions were driving deep in Chiefs end, but they fumble. End of the half, Mahomes converts to 3rd and 17. Then another big play to set up uh, goal to go Mahomes to Bell. Kansas City leads 14-7. to So then, they were in control of the game. Okay, 14-7. They're about to go in for another score. Make it 21-7 and then go up two scores. Who knows what happens, right? Except Mahomes throws the ball to Kadiris Tony, and he dropped it. And not only did he drop it, right into the hands of a Lions defender, who runs it back for a pick six, 14 up. Chiefs then get the lead back on a Butker field goal, make it 17-14. Then they have another drive stall. So they could have got one touchdown, two touchdowns possibly, but they had no touchdowns on two drives. Two Butker field goals, that makes it 20-14. to Then Goff to Reynolds, a big play. Montgomery punches it in. Lions up 21-20. Chiefs go three and out. Lions have a fourth and two at the Kansas City 45 that, I mean, they could have easily punted, and you should have been fine with it, right? Goff pass gets knocked down, so the Chiefs take over. They get a couple penalties. They're looking at a fourth and 25 after a false start and another a penalty that they had. Another drop that could have been a first down. Uh, Lions get it back at the Chiefs 35. Chiefs have three timeouts, but Montgomery gets the first down on the third down. A big third down con uh, conversion to seal it. So the Lions go into the home of the Super Bowl champions, the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. And they escape with a win. And I tweeted, I didn't tweet it much over the weekend. But Thursday night, I said, Mahomes got let down tonight. And he absolutely 100% did. I mean, I think they had four or five recorded drops. It could have been eight or nine, in my in, in my opinion. I mean, it was, it was bad. And he played brilliantly again, in my opinion. And unfortunately, didn't get a win from it and didn't get better stats and numbers. And he definitely should have. Because to be in control 14-7 and to throw basically a first down to Tony, all he's got to do is hold on to the ball and you get a first down. Instead of that, okay, it's a pick six and we're in a tie game. And then his team lets him down another couple of times with drops and they don't get touchdowns and they get field goals, right? 
and they do a bad job, and they kept the Lions in the game and give the Lions credit because Goff, I told you, Goff can throw a good ball, and I like Campbell a lot, and they've gotten some better talent, and they learned how to win a little bit last year after learning how to be in games year one. In year three, you got to make a big step if you're going to be that team, right? And let me tell you something. Winning in Kansas City week one, that is doing something. That was very impressive. Very impressive. And listen, even if they lost, I would say that was a great effort. It's unfortunate that they lost the game, but it was a great effort. But they didn't lose that game. They found a way to win the game. And unfortunately for the Chiefs, they found a way to lose a game, which is not like them, especially in this Reed Mahomes era. They find ways to win games. On Thursday night, they found a way to lose it. And it was drops, and it was missed opportunities, and it was letting the star quarterback down. Because he should not have had, he, they should not be 0 1. And again, I'm not trying to knock the Lions, because credit to them, because they played a tough, tough football game on the road. But she should have won the game. And they don't. And they didn't. Houston and Baltimore on Sunday. Listen, this Ravens team was not impressive. I talked about it in the kickoff. I was not impressed by this Ravens team. Uh, if they play anybody that's competent, they probably lose on Sunday. Uh, Houston with the rookie coach, the rookie quarterback. So a lot of young guys in the team. Not a ton of talent on the team. And it showed eventually. But Baltimore was... Certainly there for the taking. Texans had a fourth and one at their own 47. They turned over on downs. Ravens are driving into the Texans' ends, but Lamar gets picked off. Then they get it back. Ravens, nine plays right down the field. Dobbins, touchdown to get on the board. Texans then got three with a Fairburn field goal. End of the half, Texans get another Fairburn field goal. So it was only 7-6 at halftime, Baltimore. Then Lamar hit the rookies a Flowers twice for big, big plays. Then he goes back to Bateman. In his second year for a first down, Justice Hill touchdown. They go for two. Gus Edwards, they get it, so they're up 15-6. Then Texans, another fourth and one. This one at their own 42. Again, they turn it over on downs. Ravens get a DPI that sets up a goal to go. I think Beckham drew it, and then Hill punches it in uh, for another touchdown. Ravens up 22-6. Lamar then fumbled. That led to a third Fairborn field goal. Uh, Shroud got sacked. He fumbles. Tucker Gets his first field goal of the year. And then the Texans had a 4th and 13 at the Baltimore 48 just across midfield. Incompletion and a turnover on down. So the Ravens win it 25-9. Again, just not impressed. Not impressed. At all. NFC South matchup in Week 1. Carolina and Atlanta. Atlanta wins it 24-10. Panthers started out with a good drive, but it ended with a turnover on downs at the Atlanta 11 Young got picked off in his own end, and they got it back. Three plays later, Ritter dumps it off to Bijan Robinson. Great move to get free and into the end zone for his first touchdown, the rookie. Atlanta up 7-0. Panthers then go 12 plays right down the field. Tie the game on a Bryce Young to Heenan Hurst touchdown pass. 7-7, half ends with the same score. Panthers then get a field goal in the third quarter from Pinheiro, take their first lead of the game. Panthers get it back. Young gets picked off again four plays later. Falcons tie with a coup field goal. Miles Sanders then fumbled around midfield for the Panthers. Algier goes crazy on the drive. Multiple touches. He punches it in 17-10. Good field position. DPI sets them up with good uh, with goals to go for the Falcons. When they get it back, Algier, another touchdown. 24-10. Panthers end up turning it over on downs. Cincinnati-Cleveland. I was wrong about this one. 
seems like Cleveland has uh, Cincinnati's number, especially um, in Cleveland. Browns winning 24-3. Watson strip sack, but the Bengals punt it back. Watson to Cooper sets up a Hopkins field goal, so the Browns on the board first. They get it back. Watson to Cooper for a third down conversion. Then gets Peoples-Jones for another first down. Then Watson runs in the first touchdown of the season for the Browns, so they're up 10-0. Half-end, same score. DPI sets up the Bengals for a McPherson field goal, so they're on the board 10-3. Watson then gets picked off, and the Bengals... You know, almost can get back in the game here, but they can't convert a third and four, and then McPherson misses the field goal. So, just like that, they get nothing. Chubb and Watson runs, get them into field goal range. Hopkins makes another field goal, 13-3. Browns get it back again. Watson to Njoku, first down, four good run, another Hopkins field goal, 16-3. Bengals end up turning it over on downs. They had fourth and fourth, they're on 31, so Browns already in field goal range, but Chubb runs, sets up goal to go. Watson to Bryant, touchdown, two-point play, good. And that's how it ended, 24-3. So the Bengals, slow starters under Zach Taylor. Well, that trend continues with a very poor week one performance. And Burrow did not look good. Jamar Chase, probably his worst game as a pro. And it's what happens when some guys don't get reps in, in games. But it's also, you know, Burrow is banged up. And maybe, it maybe, just maybe, the... Browns have the Bengals number, especially in Cleveland. San Francisco and Pittsburgh in the Berg. Niners win at 30-7. to Purdy to Kittle for a good play. Then a good McCaffrey run sets up Purdy to Ayuk. 7-0. Niners pick it then. Intercepted in his own end. That led to a moody field goal. Niners up 10-0. They get it back. McCaffrey runs for a first down. Purdy to Ayuk. First down. They connect again. Purdy, Ayuk, touchdown. That's their second touchdown of the game. 17-0, another Niners drive settled for a moody field goal, 20-0. Then the Steelers got a little go, and Harris a good run, tack on an unnecessary roughness flag, fourth and three, Pickett to McFarland converts it, then Pickett to Fryer move touchdown, 20-7, then that ended the half. Second half, McCaffrey, 65-yard touchdown run, 27-7, that which pretty much put it away. Even though Purdy did get a strip sack fumble, Steelers 4th and 4 at the San Francisco 8. They turn it over on downs. They get it back, but Kenny gets intercepted again. That led to a third Moody field goal, 30-7. to seven, And then the Steelers had 4th and 5 at the 9 or 25. Could not convert to get another touchdown. So that's how that one ended. 30-7. Niners impressive. Um, and all Brock Purdy has done, really, since coming into that role is throw a touchdown pass and win a football game. So give him a bunch of credit. Arizona and Washington. And the Landover. Commies win it 20-16. to Big DPI set up by Howell the Robinson touchdown pass. So Washington up 7-0. A Hollywood Brown end around. Big gainer. Dobbs to Moore. Big play. That set up a Prater field goal. So the Cardinals on the board. Howell got picked off. Led to another Prater field goal. So 7-6 Washington's lead. Cut to one. Commanders driving. Gibson fumbles. Howell then strip-sacked after they got it back. Thomas recovers the ball and gets into the end zone. So Cardinals take a 13-7 lead. Commanders get a Joey Sly field goal, cut the lead to 13-10. Cardinals to end the half. Then the Cardinals got another Prater field goal to get a six-point lead back. Then didn't go great for the Cardinals. Dobbs sacked, fumbles. Commanders take over in Cardinals territory. Howell... Gets into the end zone, 17-16. They didn't look back. Dobbs fumbles the snap. Commanders turn that short field into a Joey Sly field goal. They're up 20-16. Then Cardinals 
Fourth and 10 on their own 37. They turn it over on downs with a Dobbs incompletion, and that was all she wrote. So the Commanders get their first win in the Sam Howell era. The Cardinals are going to be terrible. I told you that coach is terrible. Um, and I understand they don't have you know, their franchise quarterback, but who knows if that guy is going to be the franchise quarterback going forward. You know, it, you're hearing a lot that he might be gone. So we'll see what happens there. But this coach is a clown, that's for sure. Tampa Bay, Minnesota. Hopefully you listen to me because I said Tampa was live here, even though Minnesota is going to get a lot of plaudits and get a lot of uh, people talking about them. I told you Tampa was alive, and they win it 20-17. to 17. Cousins fumbles a snap. It doesn't result in anything. Then he gets sacked and fumbles. Bucks get on the board with that turnover, a McLaughlin field goal, 3-0 Tampa. Then Cousins to Jefferson for a big play. Cousins to Addison into the end zone for the rookie. 7-3 Vikings lead. Then they increase the lead with a Joseph field goal after a good drive. Stalled 10-3. They're up 7. Baked to Goodwin. Third down conversion. Baked to Evans. Really good route. 10-10. Cousin gets picked off, and that's the end of the first half. So we come out of the second, uh, coming out of halftime into the third quarter. Big two, Mike Evans, third down conversion. Bucks kick a field goal, but the Vikings were offside. So the drive continues. They get a goal to go, and then big to Palmer, touchdown. Bucks up 17 10. Cousins to Hawkinson, third down conversions. Cousins to Addison on a third and 13 for a first down. Madison runs, set up goal to go, and then Cousins finds Madison for the touchdown. 17 up. Bake sneaks for a fourth down conversion. Bake to Godwin for a first down. McLaughlin field goal. Tampa in front 20 to 7. Vikings go three and out. And then the Bucks did a unbelievable job to run out the last four minutes. They had a third and ten. Bake to Godwin for a first down. That sealed it. So an outstanding performance from the Buccaneers and a Vikings team that I, I think is not going to be good. And we've seen the trend with Minnesota that their star receiver, they end up trading in, in year four or after year four. And guess where we are with Justin Jefferson. So um, I can see that happening in this offseason, especially if they don't do well this season. Okay? But, hey, give Tampa credit. AFC South matchup. Jacksonville, Indianapolis. Jags win at 31-21. Lawrence to Ridley, big play. Lawrence to Ridley, touchdown. Jags up 7 nothing. He was very good. He was very good. Um, Colts go down the field in 11 plays. They punch it in with the Richardson touchdown, so they answer 7-7. Trevor Lawrence then gets picked off, but the Colts had 4th and 1 at the Jacksonville 16. They turn it over on downs, then the Colts had 4th and 4 at the Jacksonville 42 and turn it over on downs. Lawrence to Ridley when the Jags get it back. Big play. Lawrence is a Jones touchdown pass. 14-7, Jags in front. Richardson complete to Jackson, but he fumbles. That's the end of the half. Good drive for the Colts in the third quarter. They get an unnecessary roughness flag into Jags territory. Richardson-Pittman, long touchdown pass there. 14 up. Jags driving, but they can't convert a third down and short. Settle for McManus field goal, so they're back in front, 17-14. They get it back, fourth and one at the Indy 49. They turn it over on downs. Fourth and one for the Colts. Jackson fumbles again. Um, but the Colts end up getting a touchdown on a Butker scoop and score fumble the other way. So Indy back in front, 21-17. Jags fourth and one at the Indy, 48. They turn over on downs, but they get it back. Fourth and two, Lawrence to Jones, first down. Bigsby touchdown. Jacksonville back in front, 24-21. Richardson then gets picked off. Lawrence to Jones, first down. Etienne punches it in, 31-21. 
Richardson banged up on the final drive. Minshew comes in, can't score on the goal-to-go situation, and the Colts end up turning it over on down. So the Jags showed off that new weapon in Calvin Ridley. They face some adversity, especially in that second half, going down, and then find a way to win the game. So credit Jacksonville. That's a good win on the road in division. Tennessee and New Orleans. Saints win at 16-15. Weird game here. Saints end up fumbling the opening kickoff. That led to a folk field goal for Tennessee. Saints then answer with a groupie field goal. Titans settle for a folk field goal. Bad Titans punt set up a groupie field goal. So we're tied at six. Tannehill picked off, but they get it back. Tannehill to Henry, big play. That's a big gainer. That sets up another folk field goal. So the Titans are in front 9-6. Carr gets picked off, then it's the end of the first half. Tannehill picked off again to start the third quarter. Carr to Alave, big play. Can't get in the end zone, though. Groupie field goal, 9 up. Tannehill picked a third time. Saints take over in Titans territory. Carr, Shahid into the end zone, 16-9. Titans cut the Saints lead to four with a folk field goal. Then they get it back. They get deep into the Saints' end, but they settle for another field goal. So the Saints got it back with 2.17 left, and they did a great job of running out that clock. So New Orleans gets a win at home. That's a, uh, I mean, Tennessee is a team that, you know, we've seen being able to win that division at AFC South. Maybe that time has changed now with Jacksonville coming up and the two quarterback, two rookie quarterbacks in the other places, but they're sitting there with a couple leads, you know, 3 nothing, 6-3, 9-6. I understand they're just three-point leads, but they're still leads never, nevertheless, right? Um, and then they can only get field goals, and Tannehill gets picked off three times. So this is a game where you score five field goals. If one of them is a touchdown, you win the game. If Tannehill doesn't get picked off three times and one of those possessions is another field goal, or albeit maybe a touchdown, guess what? You win the game. So not great from Titans, but... Uh, Solid effort from the Saints defense, certainly. Into the 425 window now. Vegas, Denver, in mile high. Vegas gets the win in division on the road, 17-16. Broncos try an onside kick to start the game, so the Raiders have great field position to start. Jimmy G to Adams converts a fourth down. Jimmy G to Jacoby Myers for the touchdown. Boy, uh, Raiders up 7-0. Broncos answer with a good drive down the field. Wilson out. Uh, Humphrey touchdown. They missed the extra points. So they're down 7-6. Jimmy G to Myers. Big play. Jimmy G to Jacobs. Set up goals to go, but they settle for a Carlson field goal, so the, the lead increases to 10-6. Wilson, eight completions on the next drive. Right down the field. Wilson, Sutton, touchdown. He hit him right between the numbers there for that touchdown pass. Denver takes the 13-10 lead half and shortly after. So a good uh, note to end on for the Broncos going into the locker room. Then they... Start the second half with a drive that ends in a Lutz miss field goal. So they couldn't increase the lead there. Raiders get it going, but Jimmy G gets picked off. Broncos go down the field, but they can't punch it in again. A Lutz field goal, so it's 16-10. Completion, then a roughing the passer tacked on for Jimmy G. Then he hits Hooper to set up goal to go. Then he hits Myers to take the lead with a touchdown, 17-16. Broncos then go three and out, and then Jimmy G converts another third down tack on a roughing the passer and then third and seven Garoppolo scrambles for the first down slides in bounds to seal it so that's how the Raiders 
went on the road, got a very nice in-division road win uh, in the beginning of the season. So give credit to uh, McDaniels and Jimmy G there. Miami and the Los Angeles Chargers, game of the day for me. Um, outstanding offensive performances from a lot of guys on the field. And, you know, I really like Tua, so I'm, I really, I, I'm glad to see him succeed. And I want to see him succeed week in and week out because I am a fan of his. Um, and I think he gets so much criticism, so much criticism. And he's never healthy, and he just plays his butt off every time. Um, and he tries really hard. I think that's commendable. So, that being said, Dolphins went to 36-34, two of fumbles to snap early on. Chargers go 14 plays down the field, ends in an Eckler touchdown. So, on the board, 7-0. Dolphins answer with a good drive. Mostert punches it in for the Dolphins, 7-7. Dolphins take the lead with a Sanders field goal, so they're up 10-7. Eckler, a big gain, sets up a Herbert to Partham touchdown. Chargers back in front, 14-10. Another long Dolphins drive, 12 plays this time. Tua Craycraft touchdown in the back of the end zone, 17-14. Dolphins lead it. And at the end of the half, Chargers get a Dicker field goal to tie at 17-17 with nine seconds left. Tua to Waddle for 22. Then Tua just chucks the ball down the field. They get a DPI. It sets up a Sanders field goal, and he makes it. And the Dolphins take a 20-17 lead into the half. Opening possession of the third quarter, Chargers take it into the end zone. Herbert sneaks it in. Chargers back in front, 24-20. Dolphins driving, but Tua gets picked off. But a bad punt. Dolphins get set up. One play, drive, Tua, Tyreek Hill. Touchdown, 27-24. Then... Herbert to Eckler, big play. Kelly run sets up a goal to go, and then Kelly punches it in. Chargers back in front, 31-27. A holding call kept the drive alive for the Dolphins. That sets up a Sanders field goal, so they cut the lead to one instead of possibly going for it and then getting in the end zone. So Chargers up 31-30. They go 13 plays of their own. Can't punch it in. Dicker field goal. It's back to uh, four. Chargers up 34-30. Then two of the best throws I've seen Tua make, certainly his NFL career, stepping up in the pocket and lofting the ball down the sideline for Tyreek Hill was an excellent throw. And then the touchdown pass. The touchdown pass from multiple angles, the ball literally just disappears. And there's only one place it could be. Tyreek hands like chest and hands. Like it disappears over the defender's shoulder. And how it didn't hit his shoulder, get knocked away, take a wicked deflection. What a throw. What placement and accuracy. And Tua hits Tyree Kill. But Jason Sanders misses the extra point. So instead of being up three and a field goal ties the game, they're up two and a field goal could beat them. So Herbert knows that. He's just got to get in Dicker range because Dicker's been a good kicker for them. Dicker the kicker as they know, right? But a fourth down sack of Justin Herbert seals the win for the Dolphins. They didn't get a lot of stops, but they got one stop when they needed it, certainly for Miami. And that was an excellent offensive performance. Not a defensive performance to write home about, but how did the Dolphins win the game? With a defensive stop. So, outstanding football from the Miami Dolphins. Um, 
especially offensively. And uh, Justin Herbert, I mean, I feel for the guy. How many times does he have to put his team up? You know, and I know they get the ball back, and they only need a field goal to win it, not even tie it, but win it. So you're like, hey, you got a chance here? But his team didn't do him any favors either. So great football game. Dolphins win it, one of them. Rams and Seahawks. I told you the Rams were alive in this game, and I told you it was going to be an under. We made it, but we didn't make it by much, but we made it. Rams win it in Seattle, 30-13. to Seahawks drive into the red zone, but they settle for a Myers field goal. Rams end up converting three third downs on a 16-play drive and a Kylan Williams touchdown run. Rams up 7-3. Seahawks answer with a great drive of their own, 12 plays. Geno to Metcalf, touchdown, 10-7. Seattle back in front. Seahawks had another Myers field goal, so they're up 6-13-7. Rams driving, but a Maher field goal gets blocked. Then Myers misses a field goal for the Seahawks, and then Maher missed a field goal of his own. So blocked and a miss for Maher, a Myers miss in between, and the half ends Seattle 13-7, no more points. Rams down the field to start the second half. Stafford to Atwell, big play. Williams a second touchdown. Rams up 14-13. This time, Maher makes a field goal. So the Rams increase their lead to 17-13. Rams get it back. 14 plays. Illegal use of the hand. Set up a goal to go. Cam Akers punches it in. 24-13 Rams. They get another Maher field goal. 27-13. They get a third Maher field goal. 32-13. And that's how that one finished up in the Pacific Northwest. Give the Rams a bunch of credit. I told you that I'm not going to count out a healthy Stafford, a healthy Aaron Donald, and one of the best coaches and football minds in the game right now in Sean McVay. So, I think we'll hear a little more from the, about the Rams this season, in my opinion. Philly went up to New England. Eagles, Pats. Eagles get out of there with a the win, 25-20. to 20. Not really impressive, but they find a way to win the football game. That's what matters. They open the game with a Jake Elliott field goal, 3-0. Then... Mac Jones throws a pick six to Darius Slay, 10-0. Then Mac Jones dumps it off to Zeke Elliott, who fumbles. Not great. Not great in your first game, for sure. So I, I felt for Zeke in that moment. So a short field for Philly. Holding call sets up a goal to go. Hurts, Devontae Smith, touchdown. They missed the extra point, so it's 16-0. Then the pass got going a little bit. Jones take a secchi third down conversion. Joe Smith-Schuster, big play. Jones to Montgomery, goal to go. Jones, Hunter Henry, touchdown. A lot of tight ends on this Patriot team. Hunter Henry, Mike Gusecki, uh, Johnny Smith as well. So that was the Pats getting on the board. Philly leads 16-7. Then the Pats getting the end zone again. Jones to Henry twice for first downs. Jones to Bourne's touchdown. Nice play by Bourne to get his feet in. 16-14, Eagles lead at the break. Then they open up the third quarter with another Elliott field goal. So 19-14 their lead. They get a, another Elliott field goal to make it 22-14. Then the Pats had a 4th and 3 at the Eagle 17. They turn over on downs. 4th Elliott field goal, 25-14. Jones to Stevenson, big game. Jones to Douglas, first down. Jones to Bourne, touchdown. They connect again for Pater. And the lead cut to 25-20. Hurts then fumbled, but the Pats couldn't get it done. They had 4th and 17 at the Eagle 48. They turn over on downs. Eagles gave it right back, which I don't. Like, they are very fortunate that they won this football game with this decision-making from Sirianni because I understand if you get this, you win the football game. But if you don't get it, you probably lose it. 
Eagles fourth and two at the New England 44. Instead of punting it, they go for it. They turn it over on downs. Pats get it all the way to the Eagle 20-yard line, but it was a fourth and 11, and they cannot convert. So that's how the Eagles escaped New England with a victory. Bears, Packers, Soldier Field. And even though the boogeyman may be gone for the Monsters in the Midway, no more Aaron Rodgers for the Packers, but they still lose to that team from Green Bay. And the Bears, who talked a lot of junk after not winning a lot of football games last year, you know, had a big off season in summer of writing a lot of tweets, making a lot of memes, posting a lot of infographics, whatever you want to say it is, right? But the Bears fans did a lot of talking in the offseason. And for Jordan Love and the Packers to go up there, put up 38, beat them 38-20, and to say just because Rodgers is gone, you might get another guy that might dominate you again. So we'll see, but... I mean, this was poor for the Bears. At home, you got to have a better showing than this. Division rival, you gotta you gotta find a better way. You gotta find a better way. Bears fourth and one of the their own forty. They turned over on downs. Love to Dobbs third down conversion. Jones run set up goal to go. Love Dobbs touchdown. Packers up seven nothing. Bears then got on the board with two Santos field goals, so they're down seven six. Good field position for the Packers. Love to read into field goal range. Carlson field goal to end the half. It's his brother from Vegas, if you didn't know. Uh, 10-6 Packers lead at the break. Then love to Jones. Big play. He punches it in uh, himself. 17-6. Fourth and three at the Chicago 35. Love to Jones. Touchdown. 24-6. Fields then gets sacked. Fumbles. They get it back. Fields to Mooney. First down. Fields to Mooney. Touchdown. Herbert gets in for two. So they're only down 10. And you're thinking, okay, get a stop here. We'll see what happens, right? They didn't get a stop. Love to the read. Third down conversion. Loves to top. They connect again for a touchdown. So it's 31-14. And then Fields throws a pick six. Quay Walker, this is one of the most athletic returns of a pick six I think I've ever seen by a non-corner, non-defensive back. This guy, I mean, how many yards did he run on this pick six? He looked like a skill position player with the ball. He really did. Um, so... Give the guy credit. That was outstanding. So then it's 38-14. Fields gets a drive going. They convert a fourth down. They get into the end zone on a Johnson touchdown. The two-point play fails, so it's 38-20. Packers then had fourth and six at the bare 30. They turn over on downs, but it didn't matter because that game was over. And then we get to Sunday night football. And, you know, as a Cowboy fan, if you're not familiar, growing up in the New York, New Jersey area, going to college in New York City, being a fan of the team that is one of the biggest rivals of the team where you live, it has been a very interesting existence. Now, the worst part are obviously the two Super Bowls for the Giants, but you could argue the best part has been this dominant run the Cowboys are on over the New York football Giants. Dak Prescott has an excellent record in the NFC East and certainly an excellent record against the New York Football Giants. And the Cowboys went into MetLife on opening Sunday night and 
released a statement. And it was a statement from all three phases. Now, I know the offense might not have played great, but they also scored on a lot of drives and didn't have any turnovers. Okay? So, I'll take that. Cowboys went at 40 nothing, And the Giants had a nice little opening drive going, even though they ran the ball okay and then they didn't really throw it downfield and Jones was scrambling for some gains. They end up getting stuffed and Gano comes on for a field goal that gets blocked. And Igbenogany picks it up, who they just traded for from the Dolphins, and he returns it for a touchdown. So the Cowboys get a special team score to start the game. Aubrey misses the extra point, of course, so that is just a tradition now. Cowboy kickers are just going to miss extra points, so that's cool, I guess. Um, Cowboys get it back. Dak to CeeDee Lamb, big play. They stall. Aubrey makes a field goal, so that was good. So they're up 9-0. Jones thumps it off to Barkley. Diggs hits him. Hat on the ball. Bland catches it after it pops up in the air. Runs it back. Pick six. Cowboys up 16-0. Then they get a DPI. They convert a long third down. Cowboys, uh, they set the Cowboys up there. Dak to Cooks converts a fourth down, but the drive ends in an Aubrey field goal. 22-0. Jones then gets picked off by Stephon Gilmore. So first game, first pick for that newest Cowboy. Dak to Cooks, big play. Pollard punches it in, 26-0. Gano misses a field goal for the Giants. Cowboys then start the half, 10 plays, and the drive with the Pollard touchdown, his second of the game. Giants turn over on downs, fourth and eight in midfield. Dak, CeeDee Lamb, chunk play. Turpin, touchdown, 40 to nothing. Then Jones completes the Hodges. He's on the run, big play, but then Diggs strips him from behind. Cowboys recover. Both teams have turnovers on downs, but... It was long over before that. That is for sure. So, Cowboys, very impressive. But I told you that defense is going to be the best defense in the league. I told you I think Micah Parsons is the best player in the league. Um, so, I'm sticking to those convictions. Okay? So, as long as the Cowboy offense does not turn the ball over, continues to play complimentary football, gets points on the board even if they are field goals and not touchdowns all the time, and special teams can either do some and have some great returns or block some kicks. Cowboys are really cooking. So 40 nothing. They embarrass the New York football giants, one of their biggest rivals in prime time on Sunday night in their own building. So from MetLife on Sunday to jet life on Monday, Bills jets Monday night football. And what a game this turned out to be jets win it 22, 16 in overtime I mean, it started absolutely as worse as it could start for the Jets. Third play from scrimmage, Rodgers sacked out of the game. Um, Zach Wilson had to come in. He's got a boot on. Status is, you know, it's a status right now. We don't have, I don't have the update. I don't know. Uh, but he was out, so we'll see what happens there. They need more information as the week goes on. Bills uh, get it going. Allen scrambles for a first down. He hits dig for a chunk play. That sets up a bass field goal. So they're on the board 3 nothing. The Bills get it back. An arm punt. Interception from Josh Allen. Whitehead gets this one. Hall, a big run, 83 yards, set up a Greg the Leg field goal, so it was 3-3. Allen to Diggs gets the drive started. Allen scrambles to convert a third down, then Cook with a good run. The Cook brothers in town. Right. Allen hits Gabe Davis. Then they got third down at the Jet 5. Allen digs touchdown. Nice play here, creativity. So the Bills into the end zone, 10-3. Wilson then got picked off. Cook a good run. Allen converts a third down with his legs. They settle for another Bass field goal. Bills 
with the 13-3 lead half end shortly after. Here come the Jets. Wilson to Wilson, that converted third down. Wilson to Hall for a chunk play, drive stalls, another Greg the Leg field goal makes it a seven-point Bills lead, 13-6. Bills on the move, but another deep ball and another Allen interception. Whitehead gets this one as well. Bills get it back. Allen picked off a third time. Guess who? It's Whitehead again. Wilson Lazard, chunk play. Wilson Wilson sets up goal to go. Then Wilson, back shoulder fade. Garrett Wilson. This is one of the all-time catches. This is an unreal catch. Um, the concentration, the hand-eye, the ability to secure the football, that's outstanding. That's an outstanding catch. Uh, and you heard Buck and Aikman go nuts, too, so that's how you know. So that was pretty cool. So Jets tied up there. Even after the extra point delay of game, they, Greg made it. Greg like So 17 up. Bills get it back. 4.55 left. Allen takes his eyes off the snap. Never really recovers it. Broken play, so he goes to run, but then he fumbles. Jets recover. They take over at the Bills' 27-yard line. Wilson sneaks it for a first down on fourth and inches. They make the burn, The Bills burn two timeouts to set up the Greg like field goal. Jets lead 20-17. to Their first lead of the ball game came with 148 left. Bills get it back. One timeout. 148 left at their own 25 after the touchback on the kickoff. Allen to Davis first down. He hits Diggs for a first down. He's complete to Diggs again on the far sideline, but Stefan Diggs pushed off Sauce Gardner, so it comes back. Allen to Diggs gets most of the penalty yardage back. Final timeout, 28 seconds left. Allen to Diggs first down. They clock it with 16. Couple incompletions, then Bass on fourth down from 49. Off the upright and in to tie the game at 16. Scenes. What a game this became. So we go to overtime after the Jets kneel it out with two seconds left. Bills go three and out and punt it. And you're expecting, all right, let's see if Wilson can get the Jets into field goal range, maybe end this thing, right? Well, return man Gibson had a different idea. And if you watch Hard Knocks or you saw the clips, it's a very cool uh, scene when uh, Gibson comes in and meets with Salah and, and the GM, jo Joe Douglas, and he thinks he's going to get cut. And they say, welcome, you know, they made the team. And that's a hell of a decision because it just gave the Jets their first win of the year because Gibson takes the punt and returns it for a touchdown. And that's how Monday Night Football ended. Jets 22, Bills 16, an overtime victory for Robert Salah's Jets. What a game. Their defense and special teams were outstanding. Um, for Zach Wilson to step in for the injured Aaron Rodgers, I mean, the kid's got a lot of moxie. We already knew he had moxie, but uh, the ability and the playmaking decision is, the decision-making is the question mark, and he did pretty well. He did pretty well. I know it wasn't great. I know he took a lot of shots that he shouldn't have, but he did really well to win this football game. Now, I'm just going to say something, because I like Josh Allen a lot, but if, if Dak Prescott had the game Josh Allen have, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say about that because I like Josh Allen a lot, and I just wanted to make a point about Dak haters, okay? Um, but that, that was outstanding. That was outstanding football from the Jets, losing their quarterback, fighting back in the game. Defensively, they were great. They were great. And Bills couldn't get it going. Bills could not consistently get it going enough on offense, uh, settled for too many field goals, kept the Jets around, and – just made some great plays down the stretch. I mean, the Wilson touchdown catches, uh, we might have had catch of the year on week one. Like, that's that's the situation. So, an outstanding 
way to finish NFL Week 1, that's for sure. Jets win it on Monday night. From the pros to the student-athletes, college football week two recap. Best game of the weekend, Texas-Bama in Tuscaloosa. Texas wins at 34-24. UT at a 13-6 lead at the half. Bama back in the game with a field goal and then a touchdown in the third quarter that gave them a 16-13 a lead. Texas storms back. Ewers touchdown pass. Milrow gets plicked. Brooks touchdown run. So just like that, Texas back in front. Milrow TD, and then they get the two-point play. That cut it to 3-27-24, but Ewers then threw another touchdown pass to make it 34-24. So Sark gets one on his old boss. One night for the Texas Longhorns in Tuscaloosa, and you know, everybody wants to say Texas is back, all that stuff. Listen, they keep winning football games. They win the Big 12, they get into the playoff. We'll talk about being back because I think they want to get back to national – prominence in, in national championships and playoffs not just finding ways to beat ranked teams on the road okay so I'll tell you that that was a good football game now Texas got so many breaks between I think calls that could have went the other way that went their way but because they were replayed and they went Texas way originally you couldn't overturn them um, a couple like the the one call with the they got the first down but then they couldn't give him the first down because it was a dead ball, but it wasn't so it wasn't targeting, but it was so I don't know what the hell was going on there. But Texas got a bunch of breaks, but hey, credit to them. They won the football game with them. It wasn't like they got a bunch of breaks and then they lost the football game. They got a bunch of breaks, they played well still, and they won the football game. And Bama, who a home loss against a team that could possibly be in the playoff, was an eleventh ranked team at the time, is gonna be a top 10 team throughout the season, especially if they don't lose, right? That's not going to be the worst loss in the world, but we'll see. Because you never want to lose, we know that. But if you're going to lose, you want to lose early, and you want to lose to a team that's pretty dang good. Now, you'd rather lose on the road, um, but if you're going to lose at home, you want it to be a good team anyway. So, we had that game. We had Ole Miss going on the road to Tulane. The fighting Lane Kiffins win at 37-20. Dart two touchdowns on the win. Ole Miss won the second half. 27-3. to three. Tulane was probably feeling pretty good. They were certainly in the game, but Ole Miss pulled away, especially in that second half, third quarter, fourth quarter. Great job by Lane Kiffin's reps. Oregon went down to Lubbock to take on Texas Tech. Ducks went at 38-30. Ducks took the lead with a field goal, but then a late pick six broke it open. They ended up outscoring Tech 20-3 in the fourth quarter. So a pretty good showing from Oregon after they had struggled and uh, credit Bo Nix and the company for hanging in there. Clemson gets back in the win column. They beat Charleston Southern 66-17. Clemson four touchdowns. Nebraska-Colorado. Colorado wins at 36-14. Listen, Shamar Sanders, another couple touchdowns in the win. Nebraska should have been winning, especially at halftime. Their defense played well, but way too many turnovers, and they let Colorado, who was not playing great, find a way to settle into the football game. And when they did, they did. They did an excellent job of Winning that football game. Outstanding performance from Colorado. They're up 2-0. They got everybody believing. And Dion is doing a great job. He really is. He's doing a great job. So shout out Colorado. Notre Dame went on the road to NC State. And with delays galore, they put up 45. Went 45-24. Hartman, four touchdowns in the slop. I told you three weeks ago. And I told you when I saw that they got Hartman, I said, they got a quarterback. And they can figure it out at other positions. And Freeman can be the guy that is the leader of those young men. They're going to have a really good football team. And they do. 
Utah goes on the road to Baylor, wins it 20-13. Baylor had a shot to tie, but came up short. Ball State went on the road to Georgia. Dogs went at 45-3. Slow start for Georgia, but Beck finishes with two touchdowns on the route. Three running backs had a touchdown for the Bulldogs. Penn State blows out Delaware 63-7. Ohio State beats Junktown State 35-7. McCord, three touchdowns. Kansas State over Troy 42-13. Howard, three touchdowns and a win. Miami and A&M down in South Beach. Good game. Uh, Miami wins at 48-33. Van Dyke had five touchdowns. A&M started well, but Miami had a 21-17 lead. Then they outscored the Aggies in the second half, 27-16. Michigan, another not really impressive performance over UNLV, but they went at 35-7. McCarthy, two touchdowns. Corum had 80 yards and a touchdown, I believe. Washington beats up on Tulsa, 43-10. Penix, three touchdowns and a win. Tennessee beats Austin P 32-13. Milton, two touchdowns in that win. App State, UNC, that was a hell of a game. UNC wins at 40-34, double overtime. Wild game. UNC had a chance to win it in regulation, but they shank a field goal. So they go to overtime. They tie after the first overtime, and then UNC gets a touchdown, and App State doesn't. So that's how that one ended before it got to two-point conversions in that one. Laviette and Duke. Duke wins at 42-7. SMU, Oklahoma. This was not a good showing from the Oklahoma offense, but a pretty good performance from Venerable's defense, only giving up 11 to SMU. They only needed 28 to win it. 28-11. LSU blows out Grambling State 72-10. Uh, Daniels, five touchdowns. Wisconsin went on the road to Wazoo and lost again. That's two losses to Wazoo in two years. One at your place, one in Pullman. 31-22 this time around. Bad job by Wisconsin. They closed it to 24-22 in the fourth quarter, but they gave up a touchdown and didn't score. Bad job. Um, Allen and Malusi couldn't get it necessarily consistently going, and Mordecai was not good enough. FSU beat Southern. Was that Southern Miss, I think it was? 66-13, Travis, two touchdowns. Oregon State blows out UC Davis, 55-7. Uncle Lele, two touchdowns in the win. And USC, Barry Stanford, 56-10. Williams, three passing touchdowns, one passing touchdown. The kid branched the freshman, ran back another punt return. He is outstanding. He is outstanding, that kid. They have athletes everywhere. That old USC is back with Lincoln Riley. And defensively, I think they're going to steadily improve. But they did really well against Stanford. Stanford stinks. All right, so that is the college football for the program. Just quick notes on the U.S. Open here. The ladies, Coco Goff over Sabalenka, who became the number one player in the world, and it was Coco Goff's first major, so... Very eventful for both of them. I'm sure Sabalenka would have loved to uh, you know, get that number one ranking with a major championship, but it is what it is. And first set, you know, watching it back and seeing it on Saturday, Sabalenka was dominant and just pounding Coco. And then Coco made some adjustments of, you know, Playing some better defense, just getting not really focusing on hitting the best winners or winners or getting just get the ball back and make Sabalenka maybe make a mistake or try to you know pick a corner and miss it and then I you know you can hit the winner. Coco Goff was sensational in the second and third sets. I feel I feel for Sabalenka in that moment, um, and people knocking her for slamming the rackets. Like first of all, that's like a you know dressing room. That's like a locker room. Like, so you're really not supposed to have cameras in there. Fine, whatever. They do. I don't 
mind it getting out. I 100% don't care about her doing it. Like, uh, I think we've all been there. If you played any sports, you've been frustrated enough to, like, get to that point of breaking stuff. That's fine. It is what it is. You get it out, fine. Um, especially they're world-class athletes, and they probably get those rackets for free, if I'm not mistaken. So no big deal there. Um, but I have no problem with them, you know, showing it. I got no problem with her doing it. But I do have a problem with people freaking out about it. Like, it wasn't supposed to necessarily be seen. It's not like she, you know, flipped over the chair on, on the center court, right? So, but hey, congratulations to Coco. She was outstanding. Uh, those second and third sets were fantastic for tennis. And then on Sunday, Djokovic got another major. He beats Medvedev. Listen, he's, he's one of the best players of all time. There's no doubt about it, if not the best player. Personally, I love Roger more, and I always like Danny Murray to root for him, but I always have to recognize that Nadal is better players than, you know, Murray and, and uh, Roddick and those guys. But, you know, Fed, Nadal, Djokovic for a while there, everybody had their own favorite, and you had a good argument, but it just seems like the Djokovic guys just keep, keep mounting titles to talk about. So, Djokovic over Medvedev in the men's final. All right, so our pool locks recap. 3-0 week one. Baltimore versus Houston was a win. Washington at home against Arizona was a win, even though they sweated it out there for a little bit. And then Jacksonville went down on the road. I was I was like, oh, no, what an idiot I am. I violated two rules on week one, and I expected to win the game. But, hey, Jacksonville pulled it out. Hell of a job by them. So 3-0 in Sarah Poolbox, and a pick six, 5-1. and one. Really good start to the season. So we'll see if we can build on that in week two on Thursday. 5-1, and one. only loss was Cincinnati minus one at Cleveland. I should have just avoided that game. That was dumb. Arizona-Washington under 40. We just snuck in there. Tampa plus seven was an outright winner. Miami and the Los Angeles Chargers, you kind of were worried for a second, but then it got going again in that second half, so over 51 was a winner. Rams, Seahawks, under 48. A little stressed, but it was we were fine, I thought. I thought we were always in a good spot. Um, and then for it to finish at 43, I don't think it was really ever going to get to 43. They had two field goals on back-to-back drives there, right? So we had that, and then I had Green Bay plus three. I, I just... The Bears shouldn't be favored against anybody yet, really. They haven't proven anything. So how can you... Just, like, yeah, I understand they're favorites at home against the Packers, but maybe that should have been a pick em. I don't know. Just my thought. So, 5-1, and one, pick 6 to start the season. All right. So that was our Week 1 recap, our College Football Week 2 recap. Looking ahead to... Thursday's show, we'll have a week two preview, a college football week three preview, and soccer's back. Footy's back this weekend, so we'll have a weekend soccer recap again. Just to echo the sentiments I started the show with, um, never forget. Never forget the tragedy, the terrorist attacks on September 11th, on the World Trade Center, on the Pentagon, and the fourth plane that was taken down so bravely by... Um, Passengers of that plane, brave, brave souls who said we're not going to you know, continue this tragedy on innocent lives. And possibly even the president, who knows if that was going to the White House, you know. So um, never forget, always remember, 
try to treat it, and I and it is cliche, but you know, remember January, uh, September twelfth too. You know, I and I get it because we all try to treat each other better, so try to do that as well. So, all right, but footy back this weekend, and then of course with the NFL and college football underway, we will be doing football, football, and football for a long time. So everybody have a good week. I will talk to you on Thursday. Until then, peace. Check out his podcast. That sounds like my kind of podcast. Football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.